Hi and welcome to a very special series of Arrow Bandwidth. A whole series. A whole series Dedicated to security. You better believe it. As always, you've got myself, David Fern. And myself, Richard Holmes. And our producer, as always, for this series is going to be... Hannah Jenny. Hannah Jenny. Ah. And guys, so basically the idea behind this is we went to Infosec this year. In fact, we are still here right now. Yeah, these aren't special effects in the background. No, we don't have that much money. Um, so, essentially what we've tried to do is go around, find the most interesting, innovative and, int- and sort of exciting vendors that we have on our portfolio and basically bring them on and interview them. But do quite long interviews, sort of 15 to, to 25 minutes, mm-hmm. and essentially give you a real idea of where the top vendors think the current trends are, technology directions, and generally sort of what some of the top things that they're focusing on and concerned about in 2017 and beyond. Yeah, so if you want a Security 101 for 2017, look no further and than this series. I'd like to add a Security 202. Oh yeah, go on then. Why not? Why not? So look, guys, sit back, enjoy. This is going to be the next couple of months of your bandwidth listening. So yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Get ready for the bombshells. Yeah. Welcome back to another instalment of our security special series. Series, not episodes, series. series. I've lost count. So have I. So have I. I've no idea where we are. Um, all I know is a little bit behind the scenes, but still the first day. It's yep. the afternoon, and we're on to our last guy of the day. But, but let me tell you. By no means least. Our first celebrity of the day. <laughs> oh, celebrity? Uh, yes. Would you like to introduce yourself Celebrity mystery guest number one, Tish. Yep, hi there, it's Tish Patney from Checkpoint. Uh, my recent claim to fame is that the BBC chose me for WannaCry. Yay, Whoa. there you go, told you. Hey, breaking news, Thank radio, you. and TV. I'm going to bask in the reflective glory that is Tish. Do you know, exactly. I'll be honest, my mum is so proud. <laughs> I don't, I'll tell you what, if only I could claim something like that. No, no. Your mum listens to this podcast, so, yep. you know, we can hope for no more. Well, she, she, My mum would panic if I was on BBC. <laughs> That'd be the first thing I'll say, Tish. Yeah. There we go. So, Tish, you... So, first and foremost, how did, what did you get picked for the BBC outside of you were just the nearest to Salford at the time? <laughs> That's a fact, there, is a, there is a backhanded compliment in there. That. There is yeah, somewhere. Yeah. The irony being that I was driving away from Salford <laughs> to London, just bizarrely, but yeah. Um, so I basically head up the threat prevention solutions for Checkpoint for Northern Europe. Oh, wow. So uh, quite often I'm at the forefront of what does this really mean and you know what's Checkpoint's viewpoint on it so you can actually bring that sort of that topic of, of security and all the scary stuff that is and make it consumable for the average human being the lay I try I then, try then yeah, you will be perfect yeah. on this podcast it helps that I'm lay myself so <laughs> that, you, can, you can educate the idiots out opposite yep, you you'll be fine fine, fine my friend so first and foremost I'm, I'm going to take the opportunity to ask Tom WannaCry in your yeah, lots of people have spoken about WannaCry, and more importantly, they've spoken about um, what their solution does to to stop it. Can I take the opportunity to, to pick your brains and say what exactly was WannaCry, and why was it so destructive um, in such a short space of time? Sure. Um, so, in a real simple sense, WannaCry was a form of ransomware. Mm. So basically. I take over your machine and yep. I don't give you your machine back until you give me some money. Yep. Um, the ransomware itself was actually quite a simple 
ransomware compared to some of the other ones that we've seen. Yeah. Um, so it was actually, a, it wasn't a clever attack the way people made out. What was interesting, the reason it spread so much, is that WannaCry actually piggybacked off an existing vulnerability inside um, the Microsoft um, operating system, okay. particularly uh, Windows 7 and um, XP. And it was a very sophisticated vulnerability that had been leaked months earlier out of the NSA by a group called Shadow Brokers. So it was a, oh. it was a big vulnerability linked with ransomware as a payload or as an attack. And it hit basically organizations that weren't patched against that known vulnerability. So, quick wow. question for you, Tish. Do you think, bearing in mind what you just said there, it ended up being way more... I use the word successful than it should have been. Yeah, yeah. for the launches than they abs- uh, than they ever expected it was going to be. Absolutely. I mean, we we saw some really sophisticated ransomwares last year. Uh, things like Locky, you know, they all have these catchy names um, that were very very successful because of their sophistication. WannaCry was was successful because that vulnerability existed in so many places. Not through wow. the actual ransomware. Not through the itself. actual ransomware. Itself. I mean, the ransomware didn't have. There were simple things like it didn't have the ability to know that you as an individual target or as an individual victim had paid. <laughs> 101 stuff, right? Serious? Yeah. They, if you paid, they had no way of knowing that you were the person on that machine that had paid. So how did they unlock? Because obviously That's, these solutions they didn't, they didn't uh, unlock as a result. Yeah. Wow. Um, and if you look at the payments, you know, it spread quite badly. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you look at the money that was made, it was very small. I think at latest counts about $150,000 globally. Yeah, I saw something wow, the other week. Nothing. It said it was something like 100K. So, yeah. you know, and what companies were doing was paying a single machine as a test. So quite a lot of companies probably paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one test machine said, I didn't get the encryption key back. I'm not paying for the rest of my estate. I'll just go through backups and take yeah. chances. Wow. That's crazy. And one thing I will say, you obviously didn't listen to him on BBC. So shame <laughs> on you. Oh, wait, doesn't mean that I'm not didn't listen to him, and actually are now using this as an opportunity for our listeners that didn't listen to him on BBC to. <laughs> I'm confused. Stop. Let's yeah. talk more. Yeah. So anyway, so so specifically from a checkpoint perspective, you know, how could you have helped? What 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 you know? What was your sort of standpoint viewpoint on on the whole thing? Sure. So I, I think the first thing is. As you said earlier, every vendor out here today is saying they've got a solution for WannaCry. I don't think there's one solution. Um, That's the first thing I will say. Good answer. Um, We protected against WannaCry in a few different ways, actually. So our IPS had released... We'd released signatures in IPS probably about three hours after Microsoft after the NSA hack and then Microsoft announced the, the patch so Microsoft announced the patch I think a month later three hours later we had an IPS signature so that was two months before WannaCry um, and that stopped the actual exploit taking place on unpatched systems in our customers no, for I- those customers that didn't deploy the IPS we then had an anti-ransomware engine that sits on the endpoint that automatically detected WannaCry even if our engine was offline it, you know, we've, again we've got videos on YouTube probably about half an hour after WannaCry came out showing our anti-ransomware technology wow. detecting Ooh. and reversing the encryption. So this is, I, again, my, I am certainly, I'll, I'll stick by the fact that I'm an idiot as far as security goes, and I'm quite proud to say that. I'll, Very uh, appropriate that you're here on, and, and hosting this podcast, <laughs> but that's not him nor there. Don't tell anyone I've told you this. Um, <laughs> An anti-ransomware engine. This sounds a highfalutin thing. and We're not getting down in the weeds with this, no. but 
What, 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 what the heck? So, it really simply, we look at every single file on the machine that's opened or modified. Ooh. We take a quick backup of it, and there's only about seven or eight files in an average day that yeah, you yeah, can modify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we detect ransomware trying to modify a file, which is a slightly different characteristic to, say, Word opening the file, ah, right, we sit there and say, well, actually, here's the backup that we took moments before you tried to modify it. So we don't actually decrypt the files. What back. we do is, yeah, we delete the encrypted file and replace it with the, the backup we took a minute before. So oh, funny like enough, I've actually had a demo Sorry. of this. So um, Emmett, one of your yeah, SEs, actually, so we had our um, security, security team kickoff. kickoff, and he actually did a live demo of one of his machines, and he opened a, a ransomware thing, the crazy and pool. it literally started to go boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 and he was like, boom, and then, and Richard, the very thing impressive. Is, as you said about not being an expert on security, yeah, the average user isn't. The average exactly, user is yeah. always going to click is on very, stuff. Very, yeah, very yeah. true. So what we want to do is create technology that just works in the background. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know about you. I want, I want a little pop-up in the bottom of my screen that says, "I detected some I bad stuff, and I did this. I saved it and carry on with your day." Yeah. And I want to get confused, but I want to actually pick up the phone. And say, do I need to do anything? Yeah. yeah. You know, do you know, that's, that's, that's the win, right? You're yeah. absolutely right. You're you're absolutely gonna, right. We have and we will mention this in, in other episodes. We talk about things like social engineering, and that, that is an important, or just as an important element to me, as far as things like ransomware uh, and the propagation of virus. Yeah, you want people to have that attitude, to yeah. think, you know what, something has happened there, something has flagged, I'm just going to double check, rather than click regardless that stuff's yeah. happening. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing we're never going to change is human nature. No. We have to work no. around human yeah. nature. Yeah. And, and I must admit, it, quick question for you. Layer 8, as we like to call it in the, in the security industry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, that layer, you know, yeah. So, so you've, got a real diversity, you've got a real diversity of demographics now. You've got sort of the millennials and the Generation Z, or whatever they'll call them. Digital X. natives. The digital yeah. natives who are coming through, who are very tech-savvy tech and expect almost transparent security. Then you've got the sort of um, older generation, older demographic who, who panic and worry a lot. How are you dealing with both? I mean, because obviously... I, I, I think transparency is the answer for both. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, at the end of the day, if... How do I... Think about it, nobody thinks about all of the mechanics nowadays when they get in their car. You no, just turn the engine no, on, yeah, you just exactly. drive. He does. Yeah, but that's not the... But you actually do it as an enthusiast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah I know. But as an enthusiast, you do it. Do but when I I open my work laptop, and uh, I'm like, just work. Yes. I get in my work car, and I'm like, just work. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, I don't want to deal with it. You go give it to someone who says... Bingo. What's wrong with this? this I want an outcome. And that's yeah. where we... Exactly. That's where we need to be. And, and I think... Young, old, you know, high-tech, low-tech, it doesn't matter. They just want to carry on with their day, get on with their job. Absolutely. And, not just security technology, but technology in general. It has yeah. to be an enabler, not when an it, Yeah, when it's an yeah. enabler and it's Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So, it's obviously, you've spoken some of the technologies you've got. Um, but obviously, uh, so funny enough, we had uh, Mark on from Checkpoint uh, earlier on or later on or in the next depends series. How. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to be chopped. Dep Sorry about that, Hannah. I'm going to say, it depends um, how Hannah messes with his mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he discussed um, with us, or will discuss with us, <laughs> <laughs> literally Hannah's about to kill me, um, basically about the fact that, you know, I, I brought up the point that 
I will bring up the point. Um, <laughs> just stop, just get to the point. <laughs> so basically, it's all about, Checkpoint have, a, have an answer for everything. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're an organization that buys a lot of organizations, a lot of companies, when they don't have something, they acquire it. And it but still, they still don't have everything and everything. Mm-hmm. And also, sometimes they don't have the best, or organizations, they're stuck in their ways with certain technologies. Yeah. So how can so I suppose one of the biggest questions here is ecosystems yep what is because I mean, obviously one of the things we haven't heard about is what is Checkpoint ecosystem do they have an ecosystem yes yeah, yeah I mean and it's, it's changed for us recently um, so you know, 23 years as a vendor we've always partnered with other vendors we've had open standards from Checkpoint mm. to say this is how a another vendor can come and work with us yeah um, what's really changed in the last two years is that we've actually said that's not enough because actually not enough vendors are coming to us to play with our technology so we've actually gone out and you know sought other vendors and what we found is that when we when we started looking at the other vendors that they want to have that conversation as well and what i'm now really seeing is collaboration and you know you know less competition and more collaboration between vendors you know it started with intelligent sharing so I don't know if you guys are aware of the, the Cyber Threat Alliance that was formed earlier this year. Yes, I did see it in the news. Yeah. Yes. So this is six of the top security vendors in, in the world saying, we're all going to put some money in. We're going to create a separate company that's oh, independent wow. of all of us. Yep. And we're going to put all of our intelligence into that company. And we're going to share one. our intelligence. We're going to all be responsible for the quality of that intelligence. And we're going to make sure that we can then provide that intelligence to law enforcement and to customers. Um, but beyond that, we're seeing a lot of technology integrations now. Um, so I was literally just with a customer, uh, you know, just before I came here, he was talking to me about the fact that he's got 80 vendors he works with on security. Oh, 80 how, vendors? Yes. How do you get on with your day job? Frickin and when I, when I said, well, we work with these guys and these guys and these guys on, on certain areas, you know, we talk about partnerships with McAfee for integration, where you know, we, uh, we can trigger things in McAfee, McAfee can yeah, trigger things yeah, yeah. in us. We talked about what we're doing with IBM. We talked about, you know, um, Cisco. We talked about um, so many different vendors. You know, and we very quickly got to the point where that he's having similar conversations with a few of the other big vendors he works with. You know, Microsoft, VMware, again, huge partnerships. Yeah. A lot of customers are saying, you're never going to get down to one vendor. No. You know, my marketing ah. department probably shoot me for saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But if we can get down to four or five strategic vendors for any customer that they know will interoperate, it's not just about my ecosystem, but it's actually about that other vendor's ecosystem and looking for not just the crossovers but the gaps and saying well I can address this gap you can address that gap I also think by saying you're not going to get down to it's a really honest reply there's a lot of credibility actually the credibility you'd get out the back of that is much more valuable than saying we are a one stop shop because the reality is everyone knows that a one stop shop doesn't exist anymore it never exists in the first place it only existed purely because people there just wasn't the choice or the option and you just had holes. Yeah. So now, you're absolutely right. It's like everything. One-stop shop just simply won't get there. So, I, and I think that's a, that's a really interesting thing for me. It's like, yeah, you just jumped in there and said said credibility. But yeah, having that that interlock. I mean, there's never going to be. Surely, there's never going to be a greenfield site today. Yeah. We've got to accept that. You know, wherever you go, net new existing, there's going to be some legacy technology. Yeah. And, yeah, for a, for a vendor like Checkpoint to stand up and go, you know what, we know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it gets back to things like, you know, you see change of face of, you know, 
another InfoSec bingo moment, GDPR. No, no one vendor's got a, a complete take on that. No, no, no one put... Yeah, anybody turns around to me and says we have an end-to-end GDPR solution. I'll tell you what, yeah, yeah, I'll fall off. I, I, I'll fall off I, I, this I chair. I, I love the vendors that are saying they're going to fix GDPR. I don't think we all understand what it is yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a regulation. How do you fix a regulation? When we've spoken about it today on on the podcast, we have described it as ambiguous, complex, and actually incredible. Incredibly open-ended yeah. in yeah. the way. It, well, it, it isn't law; it's regulation, isn't it? Or it's yeah. legislation. So it's so open to interpretation. It's open to interpretation. Would, would you remember what it was like when PCI first came out? About yeah, was, what eight or nine years ago? Yeah. Oh, finish that thought now. So, Take that to it. So end. PCI, when it came out, was a standard. Yep. It was a it was a standard that was yep. put out by the credit card companies, and I remember talking about it at the time, saying it had no teeth. And I remember, you know, I won't mention the name of the customer, I remember one customer turned around to me and said, I'll take the fine, it's cheaper than investing <laughs> oh in technology. What I'm looking for. And they were, but, but logically, that cost, uh, of course, that was a sound business decision. From a, yeah, yeah, from a business perspective, yeah. yeah. And, and PCI didn't really kick into gear for years, but it started to kick in when the fines got big, yep. when the fines were enforced by the credit card companies and it got teeth. And then very quickly, people forgot about the semantics of, is it a regulation, a law, or a standard? Mm-hmm. They said, here are the things I need to do to yeah. be PCI compliant, and also, I'm going to get compliant. I also yeah. think that it's And I think be- we'll get there with GDPR. But it'll I take think, some time. I think we will, because I, I think there's just... I, I think we're still at a stage where there's so much education needs to yeah. be done. Just just basic education of what the key tenants are. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, very much like PCI. PCI has now become quite a household acronym. As in, you know, people roughly know, people don't necessarily know what the acronym stands for, but they certainly know that it's something they should look for when they go shopping on a website. Yeah. Te- well, you know, you uh, see the advert on daytime TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. And I think no, GDPR. I hear people talking about way. it down the pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's probably the pub outside yeah, Infosec. I say you don't drink in the same pub. Oh, it's, it's, the, it's the pub that. outside Infosec. Let's be yeah, to be fair, to be fair. But I will. Um, I always, I always wait until the point where my mum mentions it. That's my, that's my benchmark for bloody hell. She's got a lot of coverage in yeah. this series. I've got she to has, say. She has. I, I do. And you know the, the interesting one on that ransomware. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ransomware is the one that everybody. T- All of a sudden, it's become. I found in the last couple of weeks, it's become cool to be in security. My friends actually ask me what I do now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You sure that's not just from the BBC appearance? Because I'm sure they ask you about that. Probably. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, you hear people talking about it. Yeah. I, I've, yeah. I've heard people in the gym talk about ransomware. I've heard people. I, I had a cab driver once actually t- just you know in his normal chat. So have you heard about this ransomware stuff? Yeah. Didn't know what I did. He was just. Yeah. I could only imagine how the dynamic of a conversation <laughs> turned in a taxi yeah. from from him espousing his views to all of a sudden his ride, well, his fare, sort of having. I, I was trying to figure out whether he was going to charge me for the ride or not. <laughs> so I, I've had exactly this this, this conversation with yes. once again my mother, specifically though about um, encryption and about you know obviously once again depending on whether you're going to hear this before or after the general election. <laughs> but a lot of the... Um, yeah, I'm not going to go into that. That was a complex conversation that even stretched my tiny little mind. Um, but specifically about the sort of bad... Um, uh, almost the propaganda, the, the encryption, and, and, and the whole thing around, oh, encryption's bad. Encryption's almost a weapon that the terrorists are using. You know, we should regulate WhatsApp. We should regulate these encrypted messaging services. 
I don't know about you, but I like the fact that my banking channel's encrypted. Well, so do I. And I like the fact that it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. <laughs> and I, and do you know what else? And I'm not trying to get all political here, and I'm not mentioning the, the particular party, but honestly, uh, yeah, my mum's going, oh, you know, they should just stop the dark web. And then I hear someone else of her have heard age and demographic saying, yeah, they should. And I'm like, it can't be done. Stop. No, it's saying I'm going to stop all... I'm pretty sure we've gone off topic, but it's fine. Yeah. I'm going to stop all printing presses. Yeah. I'm going to stop it's all TV production. Crackers. And, and so to bring it to bring it back to somewhere bring near back to checkpoint <laughs> where we are, um, you know, I appreciate I'm not going to ask you what your, what your views and opinions are on that, because to be quite frank, I probably pushed my own <laughs> views and opinions Downs. pretty hard. But I'll, I'll let you know when I figure out my views. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Tate. I've got I'm another two you. days. Uh, but, you know, I just... Plenty depending on when this Plenty is uh, published. Yeah. I mean, how are, you know, what are Checkpoint doing around sort of, if, for example, we did go into a regulated internet, if, for example, we did go down that road, I appreciate it. Whoa. Steps back you know, from microphone. What, what would, <laughs> how would we perform how would we secure communications how would we go about doing things you know what in what just what I, 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 or more importantly what has happened <laughs> so I think I don't have an official answer of what we're doing yet for a yeah, hypothetical yeah. world that may or may not exist um, but logically I think we'll end up uh, it worries me because I think logically we'll end up just saying let's have stronger rules in front of our own organisations yeah mm. I think people are going to say right if, if I can't have an encrypted internet I'm going to make damn sure that I can regulate everything that's coming into my business. Yeah. Because I can control my front door. Yeah. And I think that's going to be cumbersome. It's a backward step. It's a real backward step. It's a real backward step. I just, again, I I sit again on on, the fence. I don't sit on the (laughs) fence. I I sit from a perspective of having run a support team in the past, running a team of pre-sale consultants and with that view in mind I just think of the workload I think of the physical workload and I don't care how much automation you put in I don't care how much sort of AI machine learning you you apply to things I don't care yeah, how many platforms or yeah, standardization standardization of technology you're applying to in, into it when you take that draconian a measure I yeah, we short skills in, in the industry as it is well, to begin with you look yeah. at it there's uh, only how are you going to do that well this is the thing you look at it there are people that are doing it at the moment and have got it right yeah but it's state level you, look <laughs> at, you know yeah you look at certain you know we all you know we always talk about kind of you know, the, the the internet control that occurs in places like North Korea you look at yep. the Chinese firewall you know yeah, yeah. Great you need China. that level of resource and stability you know, within your within the organisation to be able to implement something like that, yeah. and a workforce that you, yeah, you know, it's, it's that's the only areas. If if it does happen, I think it's going to end up being at that sort of level. And you know, I was I was reading a really interesting article in Wired magazine um, the other day about kind of the you know Russia versus the West on the internet. Oh yeah, and there's I a really that. interesting comment in there that actually about five or six years ago, um, the Russians, the Russian government actually hired. The architects behind the great, the, you know, the great firewall of China, to learn how they did it, mm. and that's preparing really? for it. Yeah, it was a really good article. Actually, it was just like again, security. That's freaking out, awesome. Yeah, you know, out in the wild as opposed to in in infosec, but it's really uh, interesting uh, stuff. And we all, we all take, you know, from from where we are. Yeah, we live in, you know, we live in what is termed the West. We all, we all take 
the internet for granted. We all take it for granted from a perspective of actually, you know what, it, it, it conforms to our view of society, it conforms yeah. to our view yeah. of, you know, just just what it's, we it's, take it's for granted. It's built on Western values. Exactly. That's the phrase they used true. in the article. It's built on Western values. And, you know, not everybody sees that view. Uh, and, and not everybody agrees with us. And, and people view it, you know, the, the threats on the internet have different meanings to different people. Yeah. You know, and we talk, you know, we sit here and we talk today about, you know, security and, and threats. But, but yeah, it, 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 God, it, it does open up a whole can of worms. I mean, Sorry, so I was going to say, say. you say about the threats. I think the other thing is, in the same way, we've seen the internet go to newfound success in the last ten years because, you know, emerging disruptive organisations mm-hmm. have been able to monetize the internet yes. in a different way. Yeah, right. So you know, true. cloud and you know, agile community, all these things has created the rise of Airbnb and Ubers. And Absolutely, the bad guys are doing the same thing. The monetization for cyber criminals is huge now. So the different perspectives we see everywhere are crazy. You know, yeah. Ransomware works for a real fundamental reason, which is actually scary. It's because if I steal data, monetizing that data is, is hard. It's risky. Yeah. I risk getting caught if I've stolen a load of data. It's true. I've got to sell that data. Fundamentally, I still, whether it's a digital, you know, parking garage or a face-to-face, I've got to do a transaction with somebody yeah. that yeah. I don't know. But ransomware, I'm, I'm selling you your data. I'm selling more, your data back, yeah. It's more valuable to you than anybody else. And you're right. And you're right. Oh, it's so stuff, easy to monetize. And actually, interestingly, it's stuff that you can't sell to anyone else, like someone's wedding photographs. Yeah. Someone's pictures of their kids when they were little. Yeah, that's more value to you. That's yeah. exponentially more value. It's crazy. It's, but so, so you look at it about great, different perspective of great, great things. Point. It's like I can monetize crime easier. I, I read somewhere the other day that Cybercrime is now the most profitable form of crime. Not the biggest form. You're yet, kidding but me. It's more a great profitable than human trafficking, weapons, or drugs. Well, do you know the scary thing is it's believable and, and yeah, not even believable, but actually totally believable. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I, I believe it from Tish because we all know what yeah. your Ferdy facts are like. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys. This has been absolutely fantastic. And Tish, I'm going to have to ask you return, to return because seriously, you've blown our little minds. Honestly, <laughs> it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. No, I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we will, we will get Tish back. That is just a fundamental. All right. <laughs> Alex Kennedy, listen to this. You're getting him back. End of. She's not here. She's going to listen to this. <laughs> he already agreed. I heard yeah, that I'm, I'm game. I'm go. game. Fantastic. Nice. Thanks. Brilliant, mate. Good Thanks. Really you appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, yeah. we'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Cheers guys. guys. Cheers. Thank you. Bye, Bye now. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I did. Don't forget, this is part of a series. There will be one next week. Um, if you want to join the conversation, please, please do so at hashtag ArrowBandwidth on Twitter. And don't forget to check out the show notes where there's loads of really important resources and, uh, and generally sort of part of the conversation you find that at the uh, Arrow Hub. You will indeed. You will indeed. And guys, look, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe. We cover loads of topics. We've got tons of back catalogue. It's really a great opportunity to learn and get educated. So please do listen. And, uh, yeah, come back next week. Come back, subscribe, catch up. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Bye.